So what do you want? It was Ray Casella's question to Terrence Mann in the old baseball classic Field of Dreams. They were walking into a baseball stadium to together and Ray asked Terrence, so what do you want? Terrence Mann, played by the great James Earl Jones, launches into a litany of all these world-altering desires, the deepest longings of his heart. Kevin Costner's Ray Casella politely lets him finish before he pauses, points to the concession stand at his left, and says, no, no, what, what do you want? To which Terrence wisely responds, oh, a dog and a beer. The image comes back to me regularly. What do you want? Not just the superficial one, but the deep longing. What do you want? Last week we started our four-part series on prayer, talking about praise and how a good prayer always includes the praising of God. The Israelites gave us that great model, right? Whenever they were on the march, they would lead with praise because Judah, the tribe of Judah, would go first and his name means praise. Every time we gather for Mass, we, we lead with praise, with our Gloria. We join in hymns that speak of praise. We always give God the praise, like Joshua there in the Old Testament. As for me and my household, Joshua says, we will, we will praise the Lord. That was last week. Next week, it will be on contrition. The week after that will be on thanksgiving. For good prayer always includes four things. Praise, contrition, thanksgiving, and then today, what do you want? Supplication. How are we doing with being honest with God? Sometimes we're tempted to put on a good show for God, put a good face forward. But how are we doing with letting him know the deep longings of our hearts? It's good for us to know the prayers of our childhood, to be able to recite them from memory, and those are beautiful and right. But with those must also be open conversation. You want an example? Look back at your first reading today from the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was good at letting the Lord know the desires of his heart because he was ticked. Life was hard. He had been a prophet from his youth right? From the first chapter of the book of Jeremiah, he was called from his youth to speak the truth of God to a world. But that message was not a popular one. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah had a nickname. Do you remember? His nickname, if you think you've got a bad nickname, it's nothing compared to this. Jeremiah's nickname was Terror on Every Side. That's what they would call him. Terror on their, oh, here comes old terror on every side. He wasn't winning any popularity contests. His message seemed like a terror account. In fact, tradition tells us that Jeremiah was martyred for his message. But he calls out to God in this, our first reading from the 20th chapter of Jeremiah, you duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. 
You ever feel like that? All of a sudden, you thought things were going so well, you thought you were doing the will of God, and why is it so hard? His life did not immediately become easy once he had shared this truth, the longing of his heart, but it opened him to receive the grace he needed to to continue on. Counterpoint that with the gospel today. Remember last week's gospel was Simon on top of his game. Jesus asked the apostles, who do you say that I am? And Simon is the one who speaks out so quickly, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus gives him the authority, gives him the keys of the kingdom, changes everything for Simon, even his name. Simon is now Peter, the name that means rock. And he says, on this rock, I will build my church. And yet, then we come to today, the very next verse in the gospel. With his next breath, Peter goes from being on top to being called Satan. Our Lord actually says to Simon Peter, get behind me, Satan. What happened? Jesus started telling them about the cross. He started telling his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer and be betrayed and die. And Peter, Peter wants nothing to do with it. He wants nothing to do with the cross. And can we blame him? (laughs) Neither do we. We don't like hard things. Our young students, I don't know if we've got any today. We had them all at the the nine o'clock this morning. They're all, our young, our young ones, they're all getting ready for school to start this week. And I, I'm always impressed and excited for students who are excited about the beginning of school. It's what a wonderful thing when, when their hearts are open to learning what is true and good and beautiful. That wasn't me when I was their age. I was dreading, trying to hold on to those last ounces of, of summer vacation. Kids get nervous sometimes because they know there's going to be more work. There's going to be hard things to come. I suppose college students know the same. Really, we all do. Whatever it is with work, with health, with loved ones. A dear friend of mine just lost his father this afternoon. One of the priests of the diocese dead, passed away. We pray for the fine family in a special way today. They're facing the cross like like nobody's business. Why? (laughs) Because, Because there's sin in the world. Ever since the first sin, the fall of our first parents, it's been hard to do what is good. But doing so is what the Lord calls carrying our cross. If you wish to be my disciple, he says, You've got to take up your cross and follow me. And when we face it, what do we do? That's that essential part of prayer, right? It's hard to praise God for crosses that come into our lives, but we can ask for his help. That's supplication. That's asking for the deep longings of our hearts. Express what we want from God. No, not just a, a dog and a beer, though 
Those are nice things for Labor Day weekend. And not just Margaritaville, though it's a fun song that should be played this weekend as we remember to pray for Jimmy Buffett. Please God, he's now enjoying the real paradise. No cheeseburgers or salt shakers needed. But what do we really need? What do our, what do our hearts really long for? You see, Peter was close, our first pope. He, he didn't want the cross, and we can't blame him for that. He pushed back, and we can understand that. But Peter's fault was not that he didn't want the cross, but that he refused the possibility. He dug in his heels. He said, surely, Lord, this will never happen. What's the old saying? You want to make God laugh? Show him your plans. Peter figured he already had it all figured out. No. Jesus there in the garden, he made a similar prayer. Remember the night before Jesus died, he was praying there. Now Peter is in the earshot, and Peter then hears how it's supposed to go. He says, Jesus says to God, his Father, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But, but not what I will, but what you will. What do you want? What's the longing of your heart? Maybe there's a heavy cross in your life that you ask the Lord to help you carry. Maybe you're looking for job stability. Maybe you're, you're new to town and you're looking for, for friendship. Maybe challenges with a relationship or needing clarity in your vocation. Maybe it's the health of a loved one. Or peace and the healing and the, the deep corners of your heart. Or maybe, like for Mr. Klein, it's the grace of a happy death. Surrounded by loved ones and with the grace of the sacraments. What do you, what do you want? Let's bring that intentionally right here to this altar. In just a couple minutes, bread and wine is being brought forward to the altar. But with that bread and wine, may we bring the longings of our hearts. May we bring our supplications. Those that we mention, yes, in our petitions, but all those that we keep in the quiets of our hearts. God wants to know what we want. The psalm tells us to make our requests known. What are we really longing for? The psalmist had it figured out so many years ago. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. Let's ask for the deep longings of our hearts and find in them God himself.